pushing the boundaries of expectations, rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. We share your hunger for a life without limits. Howdy do, greetings. Welcome back to your Kinetic Belief Podcast for Manifesting Your Abundant Life. So glad to have all you guys and gals back with us today. Hey, if you'd like to receive an occasional encouraging text message, I think we had one go out this morning. Sure I did. know we did because I sent it. Text the word kinetic 844-844-0049. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was encouraging, right? StephenCanyon.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at Stephen Canyon. And make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode or Miss Maggie. How are you? I'm really good. I'm just imagining you sending out frivolous text messages like, what you doing? Now what are you doing? Now, now what are you doing? I should do that. I think I will. I think we would have some unsubscribes. I, oh, I think they would. I would get lots of hearts and lots of loves. Well, and I did love that too. your text message this morning mentioned um, smiling at you know what you're observing, and so many people texted back smiley faces. I thought that was so cute. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I, by the way, I do. When you guys respond to the text messages, I get it. I get that it comes in on my phone and I'm looking and saying, yeah. oh, Pam said hello. Yeah. Pam said yes. Or and you text you get back. And I'll text back yeah. too. So. It's fun. It's a very cool uh, way to way to communicate with everyone. Yeah. You know, email can be a little impersonal, I think. So texting is sweet. Can I say I love the animals? The animals love you, Stephen. I love all the animals. Freaking Dr. Doolittle well, over here. They know I love them. Animals animals can <laughs> sense that. They just know. It's true. I mean, the same way that my, oh. my horses used to show up at my house, they would get out of the, 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 the pasture and travel five miles down through neighborhoods and stand at the back door. Don't you love that? And Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Isn't that for, I think I saw that in a movie. Was that National Velvet or something with... Uh, Oh, with Elizabeth Taylor. Right. Yes. D- didn't that happen in that movie it, as well? You're, did, Steve, you're like all, Elizabeth all, Taylor. All of them. And we, remember we were sitting on the beach and the bird walked up and, stand, and stands in my, on the palm of my hand. Yes. Well, he, and, thought, he, he saw a big Cheeto. He thought you were a Cheeto. Yeah. And the kitty cats, <laughs> Charcoal, my cat, my black Persian cat would walk up and down. If, if she was left out of my bedroom when I would go to bed at night, go to sleep, when I was growing up, I was a little kid. She would go down and walk up and down the piano, which she sat by my side and while oh, I played. And she would play, walk up and down on the keys until one of my parents would open up my bedroom door and she would run up the stairs and run into my room and jump into the bed. Oh, They're so smart. So sweet? They're so intelligent. <laughs> we, we took a break on a bike ride one time and you sat down. We were at the coast, and you sat down just looking out at the ocean, and a cat just comes up to you and jumps into your arms. And this woman is standing there with her just slack-jawed, and she goes, that cat is feral. Well, so am I. <laughs> so what? We're kindred <laughs> she, spirits, man. She, that's true. She was like, what are you doing? That cat is wild. It's never it been touched by it. tusks. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. No, you definitely have a, a way with the animals, for Well, sure. and, and I'm just thinking about it, because here, in, we're up in the Rockies, and you see, they're everywhere. The, the, they're foxes that will, I mean, I think people have been feeding them, which you should not do. Don't feed the wild animals. I but always think you can kind of tell which which foxes or animals are being fed. I always think the ones that are fed in town, look, they look a little unhealthy. They look a little mangy. Mm-hmm. And then, But there's one near the the homestead up here. 
and it, it's got this very thick, you know, beautiful, luminous coat. So that's a healthy one. After the podcast, let's um, will you Instagram or let's put up a, a photo, maybe on our website, wherever you want to do it, of yes. the fox that keeps sitting outside of our back door let's here, do it. right off the it's patio. Beautiful. You showed it to someone in town the other day, and he said. Uh, it looks like a picture for like a dating profile. Yeah. Because <laughs> the fox was like, like the fox striking this for, pose. Yes, for, for animals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> looking, for, looking for a match. Looking for love. Uh, fox you know, love. And the size is, there's some big dogs out here. Don't big. you feel like that's a Colorado thing? I feel like there's a Colorado-sized dog. Huge. I, I mean, a, a familiar breed that would normally be maybe... 20 pounds out here they're 40 pounds i agree and the a, labs they're, they're all huge. huge i love it it's all the fresh air it is w- would you rather own a horse the size of a cat or a cat the size of a horse <laughs> i love your question well I, you know <laughs> i mean where, you think don't you ever think about um, that it's a head scratcher if the cat is the size of a horse can i still ride it well, that's, that's a cat. I don't know. Can you still ride a cat that's not the size it. of a horse? I doubt it, right? <laughs> Are you riding a cat? Isn't that just a tiger? <laughs> Could be. I don't know. I mean, or, I don't know. Probably, um, honestly, I'd probably want a horse the size of a cat. Well, that would be cute. But there are, there are we see little small, really miniature horses. I think I'd go for the cat the size of a horse, just to, for the sheer terror of it. I don't know. Well, Everyone's like, that's feral. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, uh, we, I love we it. We love each other. I don't well, know. you know, it's funny because in the past we've had a dog and then it's obviously your dog. And so I don't have a dog. And to fix that, we get another dog. But all that means is that you now have two dogs and I have no dogs. <laughs> that's how that works. Oh, they love you too. I know they love me, but but their love for you is so consuming. Well, <laughs> Yeah, we all love the animals. It's true because they so they unconditionally love you, and I've always agreed mm-hmm. with the yes. the thought. If I could just be the kind of man that my my dog thinks I am, <laughs> and you are, then, Steve, then we would be. You are into something. You know, I was thinking too earlier that people often. I mean, life is about change, isn't it? Mm. And we're growing and developing and experiencing new things, changing ourselves, working on ourselves, trying to become. Uh, something that maybe we have uh, had an ambition to experience earlier in life, living out dreams. Mm. And it's something something just as simple as taking a vacation so that you can experience something new or something different than the status quo mm. has such a rich appeal to it, right? Yes. I think it's because it's ingrained in us as human beings to aspire to newness. Yeah. That's, you know, the, that is the way that we talk about growth and development, advancing the mind, body, and spirit, and the soul. And if a flower could talk before it bloomed, it would probably say the same thing, is I want to know what it's like to become more of me, to experience a vibrant version of myself. Mm. It's life. Yes. This is what it means to grow. I feel like that's what you always tell us is uh, expansion that's sort of built into us, built into the universe. Spice of life. <laughs> yeah. really is. Absolutely. Whatever you want to change in your life happens in the here and now. It, change occurs in present tense because, well, look, some other time, it doesn't actually exist, does it? No. You know, when you talk about maybe one day or maybe in the future, maybe tomorrow, well, even if you take away the maybe and you just say, tomorrow I will, or I'm going to start a diet next week, 
next week, it really never comes. Some other time actually doesn't exist. It's a mental construct. I remember seeing a sign in a window of a gas station which said, free gas tomorrow. <laughs> well, well, guess when they were giving away the free gas? Tomorrow. They, tomorrow, tomorrow, which never, which never comes. comes. That was the joke of it. But the, there's a, a very real truth in that. In that, you know, most people believe that they will be happy when they achieve a certain goal in life. Mm-hmm. and Or they'll be happy when they make a lot of money. Or when they lose weight or they gain weight. They when I finally get in shape, then I'll be happy. Or when I find the the love of my life, like everybody else, then I then I will be content and I'll be happy. Like everyone else. Like everybody else. While those those kind of things are are certainly meaningful goals, they don't produce happiness. Archetypal relationships that are imagined in the future tense are created to release the dissatisfaction that a person has with the present tense moment. They're unhappy in the the now, in the present moment, and the here and now. And so when the ego, when the ego adapts itself to the illusory of some future tense possession for satisfaction, whatever kind of relief is obtained through that, well, it's not lasting. So the temporary condition of fulfillment will continually just be projected into some future tense, future um, imaginary location, into a place that, well, it's not present. It's not in your present moment, in the moment that you are now occupying. So the future and the illusory of its contents, whatever it may be that you're aspiring to, it's always in the future. And without the future... Without the future, all we have, the only thing that we have is the now, the present moment of now. This is one of those concepts that when I finally got a hold of it and was able to finally distribute it throughout my life and understand it and grow in it over time, over years, it made probably one of the largest impacts, like top three um, largest impacts on my life and just my basic um, satisfaction that I was feeling and experiencing every day. Well, it's very sobering to the ego that you've been identifying with that's trying to move you out of the present tense of the moment. Mm. Because it's, it's what you do with your now that determines your satisfaction with the one life experience that you have been granted to experience. Wow. Uh, peace, joy, happiness, good health, prosperity, all those things, your, your best life, which we talk about all the time is to be your authentic self. And it's to feel the unbiased love for you, mm-hmm. from you, like you are, in the way that doesn't depend on anything outside of what is already within you. Having a relationship with the light that is within you produces total fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It produces the total joy of being, your higher essence of being, which depends on nothing outside of itself. Joy, peace, happiness, love, those, those attributes that so, if you're a human being, you long for those things because they're part of you and they're not outside of you. But the deception is, is the belief that those things are somewhere else. Wow. 
actually in, um, and I think probably a lot of a lot of our listeners are are most familiar with it in the the theistic language, identifying with the light and the love within you, with the peace and happiness and joy that's within you, with the unconditional love in you and perfected health and the the uh, the oneness within you to identify that is to know God in the theistic way. So relating with people, places and things that are outside of you as a source for love and happiness and joy, it can only it, it cannot displace that which is authentically already within. So the state of being which identifies with life source produces a state of being in freedom. Other people, places, or things, now they will mimic the authentic and offer it up as a substitute, but with the, the imitation of the authentic. And when, one, when someone receives the imitation as a replacement for the authentic, they've set themselves up for disappointment and for dissatisfaction and, and worry and doubt and, and even despair. It's so easy to see how throughout life, many of us have been shown exactly what you just described to not only receive and be okay with imitation, but to present it as well. And so I can really see how what you're going to teach us today, it's setting us free already from the the things that we just that that you do by rote because it's just so deeply entrenched in your emotional state and your personality and your and our characteristics that we don't even really notice it until we are given an awareness like today. Now you don't notice it because it it is mimicking the real thing. You think it's authentic. Yeah. Because it it produces the feelings and emotions which are uh temporary uh, adjustments to uh, make you feel as though you have um, come into the promised land. There's an ancient proverb which Mm. says that hope like this makes the heart sick. Wow. Because it doesn't produce the authentic. It's an imitation. And true relationship with the light of love within, it sets you free from fear. It sets you free from suffering. It sets you free from the illusory of lack, needing and clinging to the external. Mm. Um, lack is an illusory. It's, it's, not, it's not a real thing. It's relative to more. What is lack? Right. Because uh, to, to someone like Elon Musk, uh, uh, if he were to trade places with me, would probably feel like he's in great lack. <laughs> if I traded places with someone else that's in the ego, and, and they, you know, it, it's all relative to what one believes it to be. There's no such thing as lack. There's no such thing as unhappiness and and uh, despair and all those things. Is what you believe it to be that creates the illusory of those things. Mm-hmm. And so and I say the illusory of lack because true lack in that it doesn't actually exist, it's just imagined to exist. Anything that is fear-based doesn't actually exist. I mean, it it can only be imagined Mm. to exist. Now, this is powerful information, because in the same way that you choose who you will give access to in your life to you, you choose if you're going to give access to the illusory of lack or to more than enough, if you're going to give access to you and your way of thinking to poverty, or if you're going to give access to the 
uh, mindset of wealth to sickness or to health to happiness or to pessimism, mm-hmm. joy or despair, peace or captivity. And, and you can see how this continues to unfold. Well, I think it's interesting how the way that you're describing all of this, it's making me think of the way that we posture ourselves. And, you know, we can only face one direction at one time. And when we're always deferring to the future, and thinking in the future, we're always in the future, which doesn't actually exist. So it's an insane way to live because you're trying to exist in a place that, that is not real. And so I love this idea of repositioning our focus, repositioning our directional focus onto the present moment, because that's going to keep us in gratitude. And you can also see how it's going to make us instantly recognize when the things are showing up that we have been receiving and manifesting. Because if you're always in the future, you could receive a huge thing um, and miss it and totally miss what you've been believing for. Well, and the key here is, again, that the holistic best life already is. Yeah. And so it's not like you're ever going to miss receiving anything that already is. You don't receive it because you don't go back from the illusory and back up from your future tense expectations to the present tense moment to look within to receive what already is. For example, I've watched a lot of people recently, and I think we all have, that have been standing outside of all these various government offices. And they're they're shouting things like, uh, and holding up signs, give me my freedom. Mm. I want my freedom. Give my freedom back, and those kind of things. Freedom like peace and prosperity comes from within. And to say to someone, give me love, is to define yourself as someone who doesn't have it until it is given from without. Mm. To say that I have to go somewhere to be happy. Or if you say, I will be happy when, I will be prosperous when, I will be joyous when, I will be in love when, is to alienate yourself from what is already within. All good, listen, all good things of life are within. All good things. The illusory of the ego now will try to convince you that someone else or when, when you leave your present moment, if you can just get out of here, if we could shut all this equipment down right now and run out that front door and, and drive 20 miles to Aspen, if we could just go there right now, leave this present moment, which is not possible, by the way, and if we could just go to another moment in the future then we will receive from an outside source what we have failed to locate within ourselves, mm-hmm. And that's a ruse. It's, it's not factual. Is this really, are you, are you mainly trying to get us to the point today where in the present moment, we are just so hyper aware and we have so much clarity that we can finally see who we really are, what we really have, the life we're really living, um, and always making is it okay to say we're making adjustments in the present moment, or is that really just going back to unbecoming? Because you know you're telling us that, gosh, we, it's not like we're trying to fix something; it's already here, it's already present. Yeah, I just want to understand the, that the present moment. Um, all these things and attributes that we're talking about are as close as your breath, and your breath is in the present moment. It's mm-hmm. not tomorrow. So wherever your breath is, is where this, you're going to locate the source for love and peace and happiness and joy and health and wealth and the abundant life. Align with God within you, and you'll attract the same from without for the expansion of what you already are. The higher essence of being aligned with consciousness, wisdom, the light from within, by looking within to accept and to um, 
locate that original genius of purpose and falling unconditional in love with yourself because this is the principle of first things first. Mm -hmm. And until you get this right, the rest of it's not going to fall into place. You cannot find a substitute for the authentic, Mm -hmm. which is located within. You get to destination, best life, by realizing that you're already there. You're already in this present moment where that is residing. It's already located there. And, and you begin manifesting the greater version of you just as soon at the, the very moment that you realize that you don't need to go somewhere else to find the better life. There can be no better life away from where you already are. Your, uh, here's one way of looking at it. Your habitation of the present moment is where you dwell with all that you can ever be. And it's by accepting the best version of yourself right now that you become one with the higher essence of your creator. It's really easy to see how we can be in the present moment and not have the clarity of sight to really understand and really see, just to see clearly what we really have. Because there is so much vying for our attention at all times. And so I feel like that's where journaling comes in and reflect self-reflection comes in in the present moment because we need to get a clarity because there is so much that, that can grab your attention in the present moment and not to mention the future and the past that are also vying for our attention. So it's really easy to see how and why we need to learn how to how to see clearly and how to see the things that already exist that are already there well one of the things to recognize is that when you're working at and there, there are some some principles that you can live by and practice in meditative uh, practices that will um, alienate you from anything that tries to move you from the present moment mm-hmm. because when something attracts your attention from the present moment you're no longer in the present moment right. and so there's a way to go there and to, to locate your genius of purpose and recognize it, which transcends, by the way, the lower self. The lower self being what you identify with, those things that are attracting you away from the essence of who you are. And, and in that place, you and I purposely <laughs> delve into the deepest crevices of the present moment on our weekends when we go into our art mode, for example, in this past weekend. I think you you stood out on the the terrace for nine hours painting, and time stood still. And I'm yeah, I'm um, working on some orchestrations and some music. And like you, time stands still. You're in the present moment, and you're not somewhere else. And you are locked in, mm-hmm. and locked into the motivators of invention, to the flow of creativity. You're locked into the sensitivity of relationships and for journeys and for, mm-hmm. for new constructs and ideas for entertainment and exploration. All those things come forth from the here and now. They're not somewhere else. Inspiration is in the now. It is in your moment. And it's the flow of presence that comes out of your present moment that brings with it all of those waves of inspiration along with um, higher consciousness. I feel like this is also going to really force us to perfectly and specifically articulate what we are manifesting, what we have manifested, what is manifested (laughs) in the present moment. Because even something seemingly as small and as subtle as saying, um, I am receiving is technically future tense. And so always bringing everything into the now saying that we have anything that we can possibly imagine to want now. 
Um, I feel like this is just going to really revolutionize our manifestation process, what we're saying, what we're writing as well. That's right. And you tagged it right there because, and that's why we talk about present moment all the time, even with the five modalities of kinetic belief, because you're imagining in the present tense of this moment, you're desiring it in the moment, and your gratitude is for having already received it, not in a future tense. You're not saying, I'm thankful that I received the love of my life tomorrow. No, I, I'm, I'm so right. grateful that the love of my life is here now, and you imagine to see him or her. And in, its, in the present tense, the closest you can ever be to the fullest life is in the present moment. You cannot grasp a better opportunity in the future. You do it now or not at all. You do it now in the present tense, or you don't do it at all, because you can't do something tomorrow now. Mm. You can't do something or receive something next week now. And another thing to recognize, when we talk about present moment, that doesn't mean five minutes from now. Just because we often say, you know, tomorrow or next week, the present moment is now, 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 mm. now, now. Not a minute from now. It's now. It's in this moment where there are no forms that I identify with. And it's not until you transcend the lower state of your being that is continually imagining all the archetypes uh, archetypes of, of happiness and joy, the things that you are imagining that will bring happiness or cause you uh, to have great joy, and all of those attributes of your higher self, which already are, all of your relationships, especially the relationships that are closest to you, including the most intimate ones, mm-hmm. all those things are going to remain deeply deeply dysfunctional and imperfect until you get back to the business of first things first. You know, what you just said, really, it hit me hard thinking about the past, because I think this will really help people who have uh, trauma, real trauma in their past, because that's a very difficult story to stop telling about yourself. It has such a huge impact on your identity And it's hard to even stop replaying trauma in your mind once you become even aware of it. And so I love something you said earlier. You said you need to alienate yourself from these concepts of living in the past or the future. And I love how when you're in the present moment, it's going to make your environment, your mind, yourself really inhospitable to tragic trauma-based memories from the past and even for fear of the future. And I just love this idea that that we're really making, um, you know, I think I think so many times it's easy to walk around and you're fertile soil for toxic negativity. You are fertile soil for all of these terrible things to grow and fester. And so I love that the present moment is sort of making our environment, uh, you know, um, alienating us. I love that word from the anything but the present moment. In the present moment, and that's a great point, Maggie, because somebody that, that is identifying with their past obviously is not in the present moment. And another thing, and I'll just touch on this, this is, this is worthy of another a full podcast, but anyone that is identifying with some horrendous thing that may have happened in your past, and, you, and, and you're saying that um, it impacted my identity greatly— the first place to go to is to recognize that nothing good or bad can ever happen to you. It can only happen to what you're identifying with. The real you, the authentic you, is located within, 
That mm-hmm. is only having experiences. But it's not until you can separate yourself as the one observing the thinking mind that you can separate yourself from the ego that you've been identifying with as having experienced something. Mm. In other words, the eternal essence of you that came into the natural is only going to observe experiences that are not you. It doesn't make you who you are or not who you are. The essence of and the authentic person of you just is. And so, and, and the same is true with when we're talking about, let's just say, you know, falling in love with someone. And this someone, maybe, maybe they appear to be a match made in heaven for you. And, you know, and, especially, the, and especially when you start talking about these over-the-rainbow kind of love stories, the illusory of perfection ultimately dissolves <laughs> it, when, when two people like this get together. And you've heard this story many, many times again and again, how the, the relationship just dissolves into arguments and unhappiness and dissatisfaction and all the emotional trauma that comes from that. And in fact, often it's the greatest love stories that become the love-hate relationships after a while of just patching up what is obviously broken. This happens so often that it's actually considered to be just normal for a while. And actually, we were talking about this recently, that how we know so many couples that will take on the public persona of bickering and make fun of their broken relationship around other people, picking on each other and saying uh, degrading things to each other like it's a joke. But it's sad to say that the negative expectations for the future to bring true love to anyone, of course, it never comes. It's in the future. Mm-hmm. The future, like the past, will always be just that. It's a, a mental construct of the future. And so many relationships, they, as a result of this uh, uh, way of identifying with the empirical form of love and relationship, it, it collapses from the futility of the impersonation not being the authentic. I think it's, it's really interesting that you are describing a completely separate system for operating in relationship because the normal system it's it's quite the hierarchy and it has all the same things that even maybe an economy has you know you have the uh, the currency what did you what don't you remember what i did for you last year or last week and so i love this idea of of always bringing ourselves and our relationships and our expectations into the present moment because we are only as as pure of true self with our partner or other people in the present moment because it's so tempting isn't it it's so easy to be in a relationship and constantly be adding up? You know, you're just adding up. What am I doing for you? What are you doing for me? Are they even? Well, I don't talk to you like that. Why do you talk to me like that? But the present moment has a real purity to it and a real clarity to it that gets rid of all of that. And it's just, well, what's happening here and now? Well, you know, a lot of people will come away from bad experiences like you're talking about, and they're thinking that if they only could have eliminated all of the destructive, negative outcomes of what they believe went wrong, Mm. then all would have been well. Or if I could have just 
if I could have just changed him or if I could have just changed her. And I told all my friends before I married him that you just give me a, a, a couple of months and I'll make him the kind of man that I really want him to be. <laughs> and he's over there saying the same thing. About yeah, you. and all of that, all that dysfunction, all of that kind of yeah. uh, egoic yeah. imaginings from both people, like you're saying, relating one with the other with the highest expectation of the other to manifest the archetypal uh, representation of unconditional love mm-hmm. and happiness and joy into the highest form. All of those false expectations, what it ultimately does, Maggie, is it produces a negative emotional response to what was not possible to begin with. Wow. True, authentic happiness, joy, and and in this case, love, which is not um, is not an opposite of authentic love. Just is there's no opposite of, of authentic love. Mm. Manifests from uh, beyond the thinking mind. It's not a mental construct. You can't define it. You can't turn someone into something that cannot be defined. It's beyond thought. And so as a result, it is rare to be found. It's just as unlikely as it is to find two people who are aligned with higher consciousness that are living the kind of life of a kinetic believer like we talk about. That's a rare thing. True love is a continuous state of being. It is only possible when someone awakens to it from beyond the ego Mm. in the same way of the substance of happiness and joy. uh, Those things also, they're not conditional. True happiness doesn't need the right environment, and neither does joy. And they are only possible when one learns to awaken to the light of the eternal attributes of your being. This is making me realize, too, the a, a huge characteristic of being successful in kinetic belief is staying in the present moment because kinetic, I mean, it's a, it's a consistency. It's a repetitive, but evolving response to life in a positive way, but that can only occur in the present moment again and again and again and again. And what's, what's really cool is that I love how the present moment is almost like a snowball And so it may start out sort of small and empty, but then as we inject and infuse kinetic belief and consistency into our present moment, it grows, it evolves, it blooms, it's a garden, it's our own garden that we get to live in and experience moment to moment to moment. Life is for enjoying the, um, the, it's for enjoying your intellect, the awareness of your intellect. Life is not for going out there to find things that already exist. Life is not supposed to be going out to find love and happiness and joy and peace and prosperity and health and all those things. They don't exist somewhere else. There are only archetypal representations of those things. And But I can hear it right now, Maggie. Somebody saying, but Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. <laughs> what? <laughs> Being around my soulmate is so intoxicating. I feel so alive, Stephen Maggie, when I'm around him, and I, I need him, and he needs me, and you just you don't know us, or you wouldn't be saying these things. We are absolutely right for each other, and the rest of the world just fades away when we're together. I can hear it, can't you? Oh, yeah. This is the illusory of existence that has suddenly become meaningful to somebody because, like, you believe you need them, and you believe they need you. And that makes you feel special, and I get that. And when you're together in this way, you you complete each other. Isn't it beautiful, Mm -hmm. the way that you do that? But now you may notice that there is a clinging quality to what you're describing. 
to the newfound intensity when you guys are together. This is a result of the ego's neediness to outsourcing. And in fact, it is so intense that um, people like this become addicted to each other. And they're actually on a high. And so you're going to need the drug in order to satisfy the addiction. And so you may be thinking, well, what's wrong with needing each other like this? <laughs> I need to quit asking myself these things. Well, what's wrong with this is the thought of the thought of losing a drug that you're addicted to can be in, in, it can be imparting to the rest of your life that you're meant to live um, things that are not authentic to you. Just the just the thought that he may leave you or that she may leave you. In the relationship you're describing can lead to possessiveness, it can lead to manipulation, it can lead to blaming each other and accusing each other, and all of those emotions that are resulting from the fear of loss. Well, I feel like this you're taking us back um, just with a different topic to the the truth that you were leading us through a moment ago, how, how the ego just wants to identify with stories. And it really doesn't matter if they are traumatic or bad stories or successes, either way, you know, identifying with these stories is just it's so bad for us and it blocks us from our highest self and so you can so easily see how this is happening in relationships as well and the seemingly good intoxicating quality could be seen as a success but identifying with it is going to be detrimental in the end most of us have known people like this I mean, you've seen it how almost uh, instantaneously love can turn into grief and even attacks mm. heinous attacks and so was it even love to begin with, or just some type of holding on to an addiction and the comfort of clinging to someone else? Mm. The point here <laughs> is there is yeah. an imitation for the authentic love and peace and happiness and joy. There's an imitation for all of those things. And romantic relationships, not all of them, but the vast majority offer a deeply rooted sense of relief from what the ego has been identifying with. Fear, lack, emptiness from being incomplete, these are all part of the lower state of being that is yet to be um, redeemed to the essence of a person's higher being and as such enlightened. The good news is there is available to every single person right now, including those that are already in an egoic relationship, there is available in the present tense moment of right now, freedom peace, joy, happiness, and yes, authentic, unconditional love is available to you regardless of the relationship you may be in now. By taking your attention deeply into the present tense of this moment, it will intensify your relationship first with yourself mm -hmm. and then equally with your partner. For Love to become first place and to flourish into your life, whether or not there's a, a form of it already present, or even if you've yet to attract the winner of your authentic love. Thank you very much. <laughs> For love to light up your present moment, the light of the essence of your being needs to shine brightly enough that you no longer misplace the relationship that you have with the one source of your eternal identity. And that is the original you that arrived here already complete. There's a, an ancient story. I think it was in the Bible, um, but I just know it's an old story. And it, and it basically covers the two men and, and they built their 
house, one on the sand and one on the rock. And the moment a storm comes, the one on the sand, it's washed away. He rebuilds. He's just, he's living his life, basically rebuilding his home. Um, But the one on the rock, it stays put. And I feel like that's what you're showing us how to do today, because both are houses, both are truly being built and constructed, but one will withstand the test of time, the test of storms, the test of life. And we have to know how to do that, because it's it's the long-term payout that you know, we, we want to make sure that what we're investing now, all this energy and this knowledge and this output of our truest, highest self, we want to make sure it's going towards something that will stand. Mm. It's a beautifully put. And so to come into the presence of your moment, you will need to learn to know the being of you that is the foundation that's underneath the ego that you've been identifying with. Yeah. And so you look within to find the foundation rather than without. And then by identifying uh, with without looking out to forms, but looking within the foundation like you're talking about, that's not built on sand, but on rocks, the quietness that's beneath the noise of the world. You're going to locate that in the present tense of the moment now, knowing the love that's within you. That's enlightenment. Yes. Into all of these things. And that's where kinetic belief, adhering to and relying upon the foundation by looking within, begins attracting to manifest all the qualities of these things that we've been talking about. And so to identify with love and joy, Mm. that is to stop investing in the ego and the stories that it tells itself. The compulsion to judge other people and to be entertained by, by drama and negative news and, and all of that, it loses the quality of, of um, self-indulgence. Mm. And so by kinetically adhering to the love of light that's within you, you begin to make room for the expansion for more love. You're creating a space that you're occupying to expand and to grow for more love. And you're attracting those same attributes into the space you're occupying in the present tense of the moment and joy and peace and all of those attributes to manifest in your life, not as a fulfillment, but rather a complement mm-hmm. to what already exists in the same way that you stop negatively judging yourself when you accept your higher self you stop judging the one that you say you love Mm. nothing changes a relationship more than changing yourself to totally accept who you are without conditions this is the thing that leads to complete acceptance of all others as well in fact you'll see that you know what there's no need whatsoever to change anybody else in any way And when this becomes your state of awareness, you've moved beyond ego. I love how you just described the attributes that are going to be the outcome of doing this, because obviously we want to do this because it's the right thing to do. But I love this idea that when you do it, you are unlocking higher emotions. You think you understand love. Well, wait until you come into the present moment, know yourself, and you're in a relationship where you're both operating in highest self, and you you will experience a, a... a high of love like you could never even fathom. And that goes across all the other fields and planes of life as well. You want to experience an addictive, intoxicating feeling of love. That's where it's found, right? It's in the present tense of the moment because it's at that place that you were talking about that all manipulation, meddling, dishonesty, arguments, mind games, all addictive clinging is over with. Yes. There are no more accusers and the accused. No instigators or victims. These are all fruits of being uh, 
of just drawing each other into negative conscious patterns, narratives that seek to validate what the ego has been identifying with. And, and here's what happens. When one becomes enlightened, because you're listening to this podcast with Maggie and myself four days a week, Monday yes. through Thursday. When, yes. <laughs> when, you become, when you become enlightened and, and not the other, you will either separate uh, with you in love with them and all others, or you will move even more closely into each other, interconnected more deeply into the presence of love together. Love, just like peace, joy, all the fruits of the spirit of life, is, it's a state of being. And the best life is attracted to become more of all of these things and is attracted to the light of the essence of higher consciousness. And it is, it's, it's imaginations, desires, gratitude, words, and actions, and modalities of kinetic believer, the quality of which is Deep within you is the thing that's activating all of these these into your life, but not so deep that it cannot be found by anyone who should seek. I find it very powerful that the overarching theme of everything that you're telling us today is that we have so much value. We have so much personal intrinsic value in our highest self. And if you don't think that you just haven't met yourself yet, and there's more than enough within, there's more than enough to carry us through whether we have relationships or anything that we're thinking of or not, it's all within and it really is more than enough. And I just find that you know, this is about valuing yourself and being willing to believe that you're worthy to live this kind of life and, and that you, you really have been created in that way. I think it's so thrilling <laughs> just to take a moment to imagine. I mean, if, pe- if, the, if the veil could be lifted, if the, mm. if the lens were cleared, if people could just see who they really are, you talk about uh, undervalued. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It is amazing who we are, whose we are. It's in the in the quiet stillness of your present moment that you can never, ever lose the light of you, which is you. It cannot leave you it, or you lose it. It is you and you are that you are one with the source that is you. Mm. That's a masterpiece. Yes. And it is priceless. Every single person. Priceless. No, the, the essence of you, and you can feel the same presence of life within every other human being, by the way, every other life form. You can feel that. When you know the essence intimately within you, you also know it within every other life form, within a bee, <laughs> within, within a fern, within a, a cat the size of a horse. You don't know it all. A.A. A. Milne wrote in the book, Winnie the Pooh. He said, if you live to be 100, I want to live to be 100 minus one day. So, I never have to live without you. Peace, love, and joy, even wealth, is it's not selective. In the same way, falling rain is not selective. It doesn't make one person special. Ex- exclusivity, I'll tell you, is not the love of God but the love of ego. However, there may be one special person that reflects your love back to you more intensely and deeply than anyone else. And if they celebrate you and encourage and champion you, 
in the same way that you do them, (laughs) it can be said that you are in a relationship of true love. And (laughs) you found the source for all happiness and joy and peace and prosperity and good health together. So now you can go and experience it to the full. Let's do some highest viewpoints. You want to? Hurry. (laughs) Uh, Before I lose it. (laughs) Just say this. Say, I came into the natural. I came into the natural. To follow the dreams. To follow the dreams. Of my purpose. Of my purpose. And to share my love for self. And to share my love for self. With all others. With all others. I desire to be who I was meant to be. I desire to be who I was meant to be. And to become. And to become. Something. Something. That no one can stop me from becoming. That no one can stop me from becoming. I am succeeding in myself. I'm succeeding in myself. By becoming me. By becoming me. In the essence of God's love for me. In the essence of God's love for me. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I have the creative authority. I have the creative authority. To attract change to my circumstances. To attract change to my circumstances. And right now. And right now. I cast down egoic dissatisfactions. I cast down egoic dissatisfactions. And I'm moving into the light of me. I'm moving into the light of me. And I celebrate. And I celebrate. What I want to celebrate. What I want to celebrate. By attracting who I am supposed to be. By attracting who I am supposed to be. I am so healthy. I'm so healthy. And filled with strength and energy. (laughs) And filled with strength and energy. And one more thing. And one more thing. I am the right person. I am the right person. For me. For me. Wow. Uh, What a beautiful, beautiful podcast. I feel hyper-connected to you, Stephen, and the rest of the kinetic believers that have the same kindred spirit. And I can feel them. And thank you for Mm. your love. (laughs) Sending out much authentic love and light to all the KB creatives all around the world. Thanks as usual, Steve, for all the wisdom. Bye.